0: Welcome to the Intentionist Podcast, where we explore the interplay between intuition, spiritual health, and
1: everything in between. I'm your host, Amy Schreiber. And I'm Hilary Wallen. Our intention is to create a dialogue that inspires you to consciously forge your path with curiosity and compassion for life and its mysteries.
0: You are listening to episode 65, and today we're talking about transformation through the lens of the Judgment Tarot card and the Scorpio Zodiac sign. So, this will include a lot of fun things like inner reckoning, shedding, sexuality, and spiritual evolution. It's going to be a fun one.
1: Yeah, and they really are. We were just talking about this before we went live, with that they're basically the same thing. So we can really weave these two, this this judgment card, this Eon card, and the Scorpio zodiac sign together in a really seamless way. And as a quick reminder, we have a newsletter. So if you'd like to connect with us, please head to our website and sign up for our newsletter.
0: Thank you, Hillary. Let's just dive right in to the card. A quick overview of this card. It is the 20th tarot card in the Major Arcana. And Because it's the 20th card, it's kind of the card for the upcoming new year of 2020. And it is an invitation basically to really confront yourself and have a reckoning to look at yourself really objectively. Mm-hmm. And Hillary you just sent me this planner in the mail which I was so excited to receive. It's called the Wee Moon Wake Up Call Planner for 2020, but they had this this nice big section on here about this card. I thought it was interesting what they said about judgment. So I'm just going to read that. It said judgment is a double-edged sword of truth. Discernment tries to slice through illusion and judgmentalism may obscure reality. In this dissociated age of disinformation, Perception of truth is not necessarily anchored in anything besides individual identity, opinion, and beliefs. So, this just kind of brings to the forefront that it's a time to understand our current situations and understand what we are actually willing to do moving forward. Are we going to cross the unknown to choose to grow and transform, or are we going to stay behind and remain stagnant? And especially at this time of collective upheaval where there's a lot going on. There's a lot of crisis in the environment. There's a lot of crisis politically. There's all these situations that are kind of calling us to step up and and decide, like, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to move from here? So this card is so applicable to not only the collective time in our history, but also the time of the year in fall and the the Scorpio. It's always cool how these, the card lines up. Cause we did this reading at the beginning before we even looked at, at the months we just at random picked 12 cards.
1: It's always cool how that works out, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is. And then the other side, I think of this judgment idea is understanding what is behind the judgments we make about other people. And what is our judging people or things as good or bad really rooted in and what level of reality does it have a basis in if any at all, you know, because so much of the, Judgments, the, the knee-jerk judgments that we make about people are rooted in things like fear or just pre-existing childhood bias and things like that. So, so it's a really good time of year while things are starting to fall, the leaves are starting to fall, things are starting to become bare and stripped of their outer disguises, so we can really look at the roots of
1: things. I love that that imagery because I'm sitting here in my office and I'm looking at all the leaves right now that are turning. In California, fall comes a little bit later than I think in in some other places, because it's just, it's still, today was like 87 degrees, but the Mm. leaves are changing and it's so true when you start, you start to notice things. I have a big, huge tree in my front yard and as the leaves start to fall, you can see which smaller branches are kind of dead and dying and some that need to be pruned and that you can't really tell when all the leaves are in full bloom. There's just things that are, that are revealed when things start to die that are helpful to reshape and tend to.
0: Exactly. And I've also, I mean, along with all the leaves that are happening, which always make me think of death and rebirth and what needs to fall so that we can grow again in the spring. But I was thinking about growth and transition with regard to us, to our own faith crisis, and because I wrote this poem a little while ago about what it felt like to go from the inside of the Mormon religion with all of the knowns to the outside of it with all of the unknowns mm. and revisiting that spot of how it felt six years ago or whenever it was a really, really intense upheaval. And then comparing it to how I feel internally now just reminded me that transformation it means things dying and when things die, it's painful. It's uncomfortable. It's not this fun and cheery it's not, thing. Like, it's so
1: beautiful when everything <laughs> is dying. Right. Yeah. I mean, death is, <laughs> yeah. especially when you think about it in physical form, Like the body wants to live, right? Uh-huh. The systems that need to die sometimes, they want to live. Everything, it's amazing yeah. what the body can live through. So if you use the body as a metaphor, then you really understand when there's those certain belief systems or things that are running through your mind over and over again that you're like, First, you have to recognize, oh, yeah, I need to kill that. I want to kill that idea. <laughs> I, and you have to be able to recognize that, oh, that's even what that is. Because uh-huh. oftentimes we're not even aware of it, right? So then you you dial it into then the process of actually shedding that good grief.
0: Yeah. I mean, it can be painful and it can be scary because it's, it opens
1: you up to all these unknown possibilities that you don't know right. what's going to happen. Yeah. When you pull, you think of it like when, have you ever been in, on a hike or something and you pull back a rock? Like I, with little, when you walk around with little kids, it's always like, Oh, look at this pretty rock with moss and everything. And you roll the the, the rock back and there's just like maggots and like little, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's like all the little insects that are, have built their homes and their tunnel ways uh-huh. and things. And you're like, Oh gosh. you like, you don't know what's in there. Right. <laughs> right. When you look right, in the, exactly. in the dark places, the creepy crawlies are in there. So for sure. But then like, you look at on the other side of that
0: is the insight and the expansion and the connection that you you don't even know how to imagine you know from from that scary transitional side of it we don't understand what's possible from the flip side of the cycle and so the, these are just good things to remember when things start feeling painful and and all of that
1: Well, and it's always, it's always recognizing where you are at the, on the process. Something that I've been doing lately um, with my friends and with myself is really trying to give markers of progress. So when I talk to friends who are in, who are struggling and, or myself, if it's me and I'm struggling, I try to go, okay, let me just, let me just mirror for you where you were a year ago. And what your life was like and where you were thinking and let's, and today's a hard day, but let's think about where, where you were a year ago versus now, let's talk about your recovery time a year ago versus now, especially when you're coming through trauma or a crisis, you know, of a divorce or leaving a faith or, or whatever, changing a a job or having a a loss of some kind, you know, there's a, a million things that kind of bring us back to zero, right? Right. So yeah, it's like, it's great to give context of like, let's just think about the growth that you've had in the last year. And even like three months ago, I know you and I have been talking about that with ourselves of like just where we've been the last couple months.
0: Exactly. And then continuing to recognize that it's all a cycle. Like this does not last forever. This phase of the cycle doesn't last and it never does and it never will. So so there's a huge amount I know I know I say that all the time, but there's a huge amount of comfort for me in reminding myself of that every day, that this part is is gonna pass. And even if it's a good part, even if it's a bad part anyway.
1: Yeah. One of the best things about charting your menstrual cycle as a woman and, and really looking at it in terms of not only your ovulatory cycle, but how it lines up with the moon cycle and the way that the moon changes every two days is is, is understanding oh my gosh, if I'm like that and the moon changes every two days, how am I supposed to expect myself to be the same person showing up every day? <laughs> like, you know, it's impossible. So right. if once you just move into the acceptance of that, of of, of course, things are going to look differently right before my period or right when I'm on my period or after my period, then there's this whole amount of, of kind of freedom of guilt and self and judgment of, you know, we live in such an interesting society where we're, where everything is measured on productivity, and mm-hmm. I know I'm like a broken record with that. I think I've mentioned this dozens of times on the podcast before, but that is something that I'm consciously rewiring or trying to rewire, and trying to hold spaces for other women to do the same thing. So
0: I love that you brought that up, and I love women who are the kind of menstrual empowerment people because the language that they use around that aspect of that we change and we understand the cycles and all the cyclic wisdom and all that it always makes me feel really good about it and it and it's very mystical sounding because when you talk about women as the keepers of these mysteries of transition and death and that's just because we do it every single month it becomes this thing that is
1: not to be dreaded or feared or anything but or taboo just that idea that like we shouldn't even talk about it you know I always think about like with the menstrual cycle that I'm not so much like this now because I feel like the last year or two, I basically tell everyone about my period, whether they want to hear about it or not, (laughs) which is probably not helping necessarily, (laughs) but I, I guess it remains to be seen. Uh, you can ask the people that I'm orbiting the earth with what they think about that, but I vote yes, on the period updates. I like them. Well, just, and just even that as women, we're always so hushed about like, does anyone have a tampon? And it's like, we all do this every month. Like, why are we whispering (laughs) about it? There should just be like massive dispensaries all over every workplace. There should be places where this should be completely normal and as like a fact of life, you know? Yeah, I think there's some major
0: foundations that are doing good work in countries where girls don't even have any access to products like that. And so I I wish I could remember their name, but I feel like those are things that if anyone feels the urge to donate things, there are foundations like that that exist. (laughs) Yes,
1: well, and I know there's a lot more. There's a lot of discussion about this now. It's amazing with social media how fast these concepts kind of whip through the zeitgeist. You know, right? I think it's really snowballed as far yeah. as I can see. Well, I think when when I discovered Lisa Lister's work a couple of years ago, it was so radical and amazing, and it still is. And but she was like the only person I knew doing it. I mean, I was like. Her, her Instagram account, all of the things were just, I was just like, I can't believe there's someone talking about this so publicly. And it was so brave and amazing. I just thought it was incredible. And, and now I think what's great about people that lay the foundation is then there's like this massive snowballing effect, just like you said, where, where you just have to jump on the bandwagon. And so there can be radical change happening kind of in waves now. Yes. Yes. Shall we talk Scorpio? Yes, we shall. Tell us about it, Hillary. All right. So Scorpio is a Yin sign. It's fixed. It's water, and I always think it's fire because I think of scorpion, and for some reason I always think it's fire. But it's it's a water sign along with Pisces and Cancer. So it's a plant. The planet is ruled by Pluto and Mars, and it correlates to the soul itself. So some of the key words associated with Scorpio are commitment, and this is both. These are both positive and negative keywords which all the signs have. So the keywords are commitment, compulsion, sex, manipulation, metamorphosis, alchemy, darkness, secret merging, shared resources, violence. So this isn't the Scorpio archetype is is metamorphosis linked with evolution. So it's a dramatic sign. And at like with metamorphosis, I mean, it's just like we talked about with the judgment card. It can be painful. It's it's the caterpillar moving to a butterfly. It's, it's certain things lying dormant and then awakening in kind of a dramatic flare. And these things happen so that there can be a different and unrecognizable outcome as opposed to a gradual transformation. This isn't just like mm. step by step by step. You know, this is like, okay, one day you enter into the chrysalis and the next day you're a butterfly. Like, holy crap, right? <laughs> so- it's, it's the phoenix rising from the ashes, right? So yeah. this represents the psychology of consciousness. Scorpio is really big into the representation of that and the awareness of the motivations and intentions. It's, it's it's So when we work with Scorpio energy, we are becoming aware of our own motivations, our own intentions, our own compulsions, and our own obsessions, right? Because a lot of times with radical, dramatic change come these behaviors that can be same, right? Like obsessiveness and kind of these compulsive movements and, and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I was reading about butterflies forming and the caterpillar basically digests itself. It sounded kind of horrific. Like it squirts out this enzyme that all its body parts just dissolve and i thought like that is dramatic that, that is, is extremely isn't
1: that so intense. intense i love that you're bringing this up because i always think of like the caterpillar transforms into the butterfly and the butterfly flies oh, yeah. away and it's like the and it's like no <laughs> i'm thinking of this thing just like Spewing stomach acid and just, just like yeah. melting away the skin. I mean, that's it's violent. It's just like that key word what we just is talked that about. that caterpillar
0: thinking? Like what?
1: Like what must it be thinking? He really the wants to fly, puppy. right? The caterpillar really wants yeah. to fly. It's amazing. So, Scorpio is in the eighth house, which focuses on issues of death and rebirth, just like we talked about, sexuality and transformation. So they're all the most dramatic life events, right? Mm-hmm. Being born, basically re- procreating, having sex and dying. And then in the middle of all that is our transformational cycles. So you follow the house of relationships, which was Libra, right? And this part of the journey in the Zodiac is to, is referring to the fruits of the relationship. So the polarities in which you found the balance from are now where you're yielding the fruit of, of what you have- been mulching, right? The lessons that you need to learn in order to grow and to change.
0: Oh, nice. So so just to, as a reminder, the Libra, that was more the context of your relationships, right? Like the basis yes. of them. And mm-hmm. now this is the result of them.
1: Yes. This is the fruits. Okay. So let's talk about sex, baby. Um, so Scorpio correlates with sexual law. So the law of sexuality is, is a lot more deeper than we generally realize. It's the vehicle through which the soul learns that it co-creates a physical reality with God, right? So you see this in all kinds of religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. That concept, I think when you say it, it sounds a little bit radical. And yet it's kind of the basis of a lot of the, the mystical language that's associated with, I mean, I know where we came from within Mormonism, even, uh, you know, different strands of Christianity. When you think of, when you think of like the body of Christ or the sacrament and these rituals that are done, the Eucharist, it's like you're, you're partaking of the blood of Christ you're partaking of the body of Christ. We have these different rituals and various forms of religion where our soul learns that part of our reality is, is co-creating with God. And that the ultimate act is really, it's, it's, we, we produce another human where we, sh- our DNA moves forward. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, sexuality is the most widely controlled and feared and like perverted often aspect within many, many religions. Yes. Because it is, it is the most obvious so um, powerful.
1: manifestation of power that like people have. Well, and it's the urge is so strong among, among humans. I mean, we're designed really among any living thing to procreate. Yeah. It's a biological imperative, yes. Exactly. So I wanted to. This is a quote. So from the evolutionary astrology glossary. So quote: Karma is exchanged through people, through the osmosing of sexual fluids. This is an intru- This is kind of a radical idea. Osmosing. Yes. So that you actually exchange karma with someone through your sexual fluids. Uh, according to this, celibacy is a natural condition for only about two percent of the people on Earth in all other in all others the sexual impulse whether or when not expressed is repressed where it becomes distorted just like you said amy scorpio is the seat of marriage of sexual union and of commitment a related archetype is the fear of entrapment so just like every sign has that beginning and ending sorry i need to just finish the quote so i'm not confusing everybody the nature of scorpio is penetration not only sexually but also psychologically to penetrate into the depths of their own motives and intentions, end quote. Mm -hmm. So interesting to see that on multiple levels. Did that make any sense to you or was that gibberish? Sometimes I feel like (laughs) evolutionary astrology is a little bit of gibberish. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I
0: think generally, yes, the sexual urge is very apparent in most people. And it's one of those things that it does get super distorted and weird Mm -hmm. when it is not allowed to manifest in a normal way. Right. Which is why you have, you know, in in really religious groups, you have things like a lot of weird perversions arising and more sexual trauma happening to people, especially kids. Yeah, that it's just yeah, it's a very unfortunate part.
1: Well, and I wonder too where it says you know this idea this Scorpio is the nature or the nature of Scorpio is penetration, not only sexually mm-hmm. but also psychologically. And when I think of that, I think like the follow up portion to that quote is to penetrate into the depths of their own motive, motives and intentions. So so if you think of it in terms of of transformation that there is an el- element of of kind of penetrating the whether it be kind of the the bubble of consciousness where you're having that's how how you get in and examine what's actually going on within you.
0: Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, all the Scorpios that I know are extremely good at looking within themselves and understanding their own Mm -hmm. motives and what drives them. And also looking at others, which gives
1: them a certain
0: power of manipulation that can be associated.
1: It can be right because they're highly I think a lot of them are the ones I know are highly intuitive, too. So they know. Yeah, they're very smart about the inner workings of things, yeah. which is an amazing thing. Yes, especially when when held in balance with kind of right action, right, <laughs> right work, mm-hmm. right thinking. Right, right. So this is also considered the most intense sign of the zodiac. It's the symbolism, like I said before, of death and rebirth, and that the emotions run real deep with Scorpios. They have a great personal magnetism. And they're great with the powers of persuasion. They tend to be somewhat strong-willed and they really let nothing stand in the way of them achieving their goals. There's a few other things to say about Scorpio. One is they're good at group dynamics and at working with the public. They can be shrewd judges of character. And like you just mentioned, they can sometimes be manipulative and secretive. I find like they, they just don't want people, and it doesn't mean, I think, What I've discovered with some Scorpios is the secretiveness doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to cover something bad up. They just don't want people in their business. So they're like, like, I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing because this is my space and my time. And it doesn't necessarily mean, when I think of secretive, just naturally, I think, why would anyone be secretive? It would only be if they have something to hide. Mm. But I don't necessarily think that that is accurate always when it comes to the same. I think
0: that's a good point. And I think that's, if you think about a Scorpio, they are hiding under rocks. They're not just walking around out in the open. They are, they live in the shadows mm-hmm. and that's where they thrive. And so when you think about things like diving inward and understanding inner workings, and 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 if that sounds, A, either really exhausting to you or B, like, what's the point of that? The point is that with this energy, you can thrive in the dark places and get the insight from them that they have for you. Like there are certain insight that only can be gained in from deep inside or from inside the shadows. Right. So so looking for the value of, I like how you brought up the secretive and like, why would you hide if it's not not for nefarious purposes? And and it's not so much hiding as like diving into the dark where people don't want to go, people don't want to go there. And so if someone has the power to go there and like the inclination to go there, praise them and bless them because that is important work that, that has to
1: happen for certain insights to occur. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that. That's great. Uh, A few more things. So to talk, because they're a fixed sign, they are, which, which means they're receptive rather than originating. So it's, that would be more if we're talking in terms of, you know, masculine femininity. So it's, 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 it's more feminine in that it's, it's an, a sign where they're looking to receive or they, they are always receiving. So it can be a little bit noisy in a, in a Scorpio's head because they're always receiving. So it can, they can sometimes be stubborn and difficult. And like I said, they're, they're also the water element. So they're a fixed sign, they're receptive, and they're a water element, which is the feminine energy of emotion. So receptive and sensitive to subtle currents of interconnection. And they can often be tuned into a deeper and subtler reality than other people. Like a lot of Scorpios are very, like I said before, intuitive and, and psychic. And, and a lot of it depends on if you have Scorpio in your chart and where Scorpio is in your chart. And I think when we're talking about in terms of collective Scorpio, like we're in, we're moving into Scorpio season now, and we'll be in Scorpio season when this releases, that You know, this is right around that time where there's multiple cultures. We've talked about pagan Sáwan New Year. We've talked about Mm -hmm. in in the past in other episodes. We've talked about the Day of the Dead. That there's many indigenous cultures that that this time of year is the time of year where the veil is thin. That fall Mm -hmm. turning to winter, and so that. The subtle energies are tuned up and they're more accessible to everyone during this time of year. So that's kind of how you can connect with that Scorpio energy and use that to your advantage, which is, you know, how do you, how do you become more receptive? How do you seek ways to work with your emotions, to go a little bit deeper, to connect and tune into your subtle energies?
0: I love that you brought up the water and the receptivity because I was confused at first after we talked about how this is like about penetration. And so I'm thinking, oh, this is outward facing phallic energy out type Mm -hmm. thing, but it's more about inner penetration. (laughs) It makes more sense to, to me now. I mean, with all of these things, it can be applied to how you function in the outer world, but really it's about like, how, how are you relating to yourself and your own soul and, and thinking about your own growth? So it seems that like with Scorpio, it is, it is a deep penetration into their inner realms, inner worlds. And that's exactly what the the judgment card is. And that's exactly what this time of year is with, with what you just talked about with the veil being thin and all the death and stripping of the outer, you know. Well, and it's
1: a really unique sign in that you've got the, it's all, it's ruled by Pluto and also Mars. There's there's Mars energy. And that's really the outward planet of activity. So there's like mm-hmm. a fieriness and a, there's a temper and there's an intense passion. and And so, and Pluto's job is to bring those compulsions into the light so that we can evolve. Like anytime Pluto's doing anything, you know, people are like freaking out. About stuff, and it's it's like all the all the painful like self doubt and all the the transformative stuff. So that it's like, oh, guess what? And now you get to deal with this. Now everyone. So it's an interesting sign because it's a water sign that's receptive, but there's Mars energy. So it's really that I think it has to have both so that you can really achieve transformation. When you think of everything you need in an alchemical mix. For transformation, you really need it all, right? You need the divine feminine, you right. need the divine masculine, you need to have the receptivity to make the change, you need to have the outward motion to actually act and to have the the actual energy to to transform, right? It's not like transformation happens when you're just like floating, resting in the breeze. I mean, there can be that, I guess. But I think when I think of transformation, I think of freaking fire and <laughs> I think of butterflies I, I think of caterpillars digesting themselves <laughs> just like, like you said butterflies. <laughs>
0: anyway exactly <laughs> yeah going back I mean going back to like the whole butterfly and the transformation thing I love what I have this workbook called the healing wheel and it's about all of the seasonal holidays so in the Samhain section Mayana Welty the author of this she says That as we enter the dark, we release, we are stripped down so that we can enter the underworld and find true pieces of ourselves. Underworld journeys, restore what is lost. They remove what is unneeded. They expose us to ourselves. They remind us of our roots and they feed our roots. And I just love that imagery of, of exposing ourselves to ourselves because What I've learned in like I've been going to uh, therapy, a, a psychoanalyst for the past several months and in talking to her and in trying to uncover these deep parts that are running my life, all my behavior, basically, it has been so, so immensely helpful to bring certain aspects that may sound like not a big deal or like pretty benign when you bring them out into the light, but, but underneath behind the scenes, they are running things to such an extent of self-sabotage and, and feelings of guilt and and this and that. But if you can just bring it up and look like, Oh, I just, I feel a little guilty for that reason or whatever. It's, it becomes this, you, you then have the ability to transform it. You can bring the monster out of
1: the closet and then it just, it can disappear.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And so I, I would encourage uh, listeners if you haven't to go back and listen to our seasonal fall episode. I think we talked about the myth of Persephone in that one a little bit. If you haven't read that myth, go go look at the myth of Persephone and the myth of Inanna. Because there's such great um, just stories for this time of year. I don't know, I always like putting a myth with like, with a process.
1: Yes. It's allegorical. It helps to see it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you have any ideas of like assignment of sorts that we could offer for
1: this time of year, Hillary? So this is what I wanted to offer up in terms of an assignment slash intention people to set for themselves. And it's something that I've actually been doing in my own life initially kind of unintentionally and selfishly. Mm-hmm. I felt like a few years ago I felt very isolated and not connected to women the way that I'd wanted to be connected to women. And so I've made it a very immediate concerted effort to strengthen relationships with women in my life. And I was just thinking, it's so wonderful to have meaningful conversations with women about real things. And I do this all the time, usually over Marco Polo with my best friends, Um, Mm -hmm. you included. (laughs) And so one of the challenges I wanted to offer up for this Scorpio time of radical transformation is to look at creating a network of support for your transformation, because we're collectively going through a transformation, right? We're always transforming. And it is hard. It's hard work. Everyone I talk to, I'm in a lot of different circles with the sound healings that I do, with the leadership stuff that I do, with the shamanic work that I do, with writing. I feel like I'm talking to a lot of different people and everyone is in pain right now. There's a, a, an overwhelming mm-hmm. sense of overwhelm with people. So my encouragement would be to seek to create, even if it's just strengthen one feminine relationship. And it doesn't necessarily have to just be like, if, if you're a man listening to this podcast, then, yeah, think, reach out to a woman. <laughs> Let's just say that. We'll just make it be a, this is just gonna be about women right now. So, strengthen those, seek to feed the container. Because initially, when I was reaching out to friends, I thought, I feel lonely. I want connection. I, I, I. And now I actually mm-hmm. really look forward to talking to my friends and thinking, you know, what are they up to and what can I offer? What can I mirror for them? What can I do? And I don't do it. I'm not perfect. I don't do it right every single time, but this has been my thought process lately. It, and, and I've noticed I feel a lot closer to the people in my life. And I feel a lot more fulfilled in my daily relationships because I feel like they're deeper and they're more meaningful and there's they're just there's less weather discussions, you know? Not that we don't love yeah. talking about the weather <laughs> because I complain about it and then I talk about it all the time, so it can happen.
0: That's such a great thought. And I'm glad you brought that up Hillary, because that is the number one thing that you can do to support yourself through a transition is have the support network because there are times when you, you need someone to lean on. That's what we're all here for. We're all in this.
1: Everybody's seeking connection. That's just the truth. And we feel on the one hand, we're more connected than ever because we've got this technology and there's people that I talk to every day over technology and it's a wonderful thing but overall it's it's we want the depth of connection people are hungry for the depth of connection even though we mm. we our brains really like to ingest the 2 minute bites and the you know the quick instagram memes and all of that but we're we're hungry for that so take a moment this the, this next month and think about who do you want to be on your transformational journey with you and how do you create that space among your your sisters amen amen amen
0: to that <laughs> and so it is Enjoy your week and sign up for our newsletter if you have not yet, and we will be back to you with some more exciting interviews and one last Zodiac episode for the year.
1: Huzzah! And then a whole new lineup for the next, for the new year. We're excited.
0: Before we part, we'd like to say thanks for listening, and we hope you'll connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We would love to hear from you and appreciate all feedback, shares, and
1: likes. To learn more and subscribe to our newsletter, visit intentionists.com. And no matter where you are or what you're creating, we send you love and invite you to breathe and begin.
0: See you next week.